Welcome to C3 Belconnen. Here's the latest message from our senior pastor, Melissa Hind. Everybody. It's so wonderful to have you here today. I am excited about this morning's message that we're bringing to you in a series that we've called Filled. Uh, we've preached this series a couple of times, actually, because we really believe that God has called us to live a full, abundant life. And, you know, I, I was thinking this week, I was reflecting over my own story of salvation. And I wonder when the last time it was that you actually took some time out to think about that moment that you gave your heart to the Lord. For me, it was in, um, in probably the early or late sort of 90s, early 2000s, where I found myself in a situation, I'd grown up in a Christian home, had gone to uni and found myself in a place where I um, had turned my back on God. Um, in fact, deliberately made a decision. It really surprises me, even to this day, that I made a very clear decision to turn my back on God, to not go to church, and to really just embrace a life lifestyle that wasn't honoring of him. And in that moment, I, I found myself quite unwell. I had um, begun to live a, a life that I wasn't proud of. And, and one night, I was literally sitting in the gutter, um, kind of, you know, after a big night out, all on my own. I'd found myself just sitting on the side of the road uh, of the dusty Wagga Charles Sturt Campus um, University. And, and I felt like God just asked me one question. He said to me, he said, if you died tonight, where would you go, Lisa. And, um, and I felt the power of God come on that moment, probably for the first time in, in a good couple of years where I felt God's presence. And I remember thinking about the sense of relief that came in that moment when you give your heart to Jesus and there's this incredible moment, not of understanding, it's the wrong word, but of, of, of clarity around the gift of Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation. And it hit me front and center, this sense of relief, this sense of joy, this sense of peace. And I know many of you are maybe thinking back to that moment in your life when you gave your heart to Jesus. Maybe you were a child and you gave your heart to the Lord and you felt that sense of peace. Maybe you came to the Lord in, in, a, in, in, in your teenage years or your young adult years or even as an older adult. And that moment is so special and so wonderful. It truly is a gift. But I really feel like after that moment for me, I found myself in a place where I began to wonder about how I was going to live my life now. I had spent years really determined to not live my life in a godly way and I had given my heart to the Lord so I knew that my eternity was set but somehow I was still wanting more. I kind of felt like there should be more and perhaps my Saturday night life wasn't really matching up with my Sunday morning life even after that moment. And you see, I actually began to realize that God doesn't just save us for heaven, although that is the most amazing gift and amazing thought that we are eternally saved, but God actually also saves, saves us for this earth. And I kind of got quite stunned by that. Well, wait a second, God saves me for eternity, but he also saves me to give me and to bless me with a life that is full and abundant here on earth. John 10.10 says that God came to bring life and life to the full. That is not just an eternal life, but a life that we live here on earth. So if that's true, 
and you're like me, you begin to ask yourself, well, what is an abundant life? What is a full life? What does it look like to be filled and live in the freedom that God has promised us? Not just to kind of be saved with a pretty bow and we feel good because we're going to heaven, but actually what it means to live a life filled by the Spirit of God. You know, over the years, I've realized that abundant life is far more than just a life that kind of is about salvation. An abundant life is about living a life that follows God, that understands that we are called for more. Here's what I read just this week, and I really loved it. An abundant life is a life that understands the great gift that we have been given in Jesus Christ, and because of that, has a desire to steward the blessings of God, to steward this life that we have been given. You see, I think we miss the boat on this a little bit, where we kind of stumble from day to day, forgetting that not only are we stewards of the gift, the beautiful gift of Jesus Christ, but we are stewards of this life that he has given us to live, this life that he invites us into here on earth. And many of us struggle with this. I think many of us really struggle to know, well, what does it look like to live a life that's filled by the Spirit of God, that's directed by the Spirit of God, and that moves with the Spirit of God? And so today, I just want to take some time to try and unwrap this a little bit. What does it look like to grow and mature in hearing the voice of God and following the Spirit of God and being filled to, the, to overflowing? You know... To me, living a life filled is living a life pursuing the pages of the Bible, the pages of the most amazing book you'll ever read. It's living a life understanding that the Bible wasn't just written about salvation, but was actually written for you and I to follow, a roadmap as such. And one of the greatest books you can read as, as kind of a roadmap is Romans. Romans 1 right through to 7 paints this beautiful picture of the, the chapter after chapter of unwrapping what it means to be saved, what it looks like to be saved, that moment of salvation. But then there's a really distinct kind of shift when we get to Romans 8. And it's like Paul just starts to paint this picture, this roadmap for us to follow as we are followers of Christ. And I love this whole chapter, Romans 8, and we could spend all day there, but maybe, maybe it's, it's the thought in Romans 8, the roadmap that will help you understand how we are to live this life to the full. And I'm aware that there are probably people watching today who have never actually experienced the gift of Jesus Christ. And so before I go any further, I want to tell you some really good news, that the gift of Jesus Christ that you find in Romans 1 to 7, you can even Google that, just read that, that whole kind of half a book. Let me tell you, that gift of Jesus Christ is available for you today. Whether you're in church, you've been there for years, whether you're like me and you turned away from church, or maybe you've never ever been, you kind of just tuned in somehow. But let me tell you this, the gift of Jesus Christ, the incredible gift of following him, of making the decision to, to let him be Lord of your life is available to you today. At the end of the service, Nick is going to ask you if you want to give your heart 
heart to the Lord, to Jesus, to press a button. And let me tell you, that is the greatest gift in this Bible, in the book, is that Jesus Christ came and he died for you. And Romans tells us that it was to set you free, to give you a life with him, to give you eternal life. If you've ever wondered where you would go when you die, This is the book to read because as you give your heart to Jesus, the promise is that you have an eternity set with him. Romans 8, as we kick off this chapter, says there's no condemnation in those who love the Lord. And that when you actually acknowledge and step into a relationship, you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. you. There is no condemnation in that. We are given a free gift of salvation. But Romans 8 doesn't just stop there. It continues on and on and paints this beautiful picture for us. You see, without God, we are lost beings. When we find God, like perhaps you will today or perhaps you have in the past, we become found. We become whole. But what we need from there is a roadmap to do this life and to do it well, to be true followers of Jesus Christ. And here we see Romans 8 rescues us straight away from the thoughts of condemnation, of worry that we aren't getting it right, of of fear of past mistakes. And it just kind of gets rid of that. It says, Romans 8, So there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That's the ESV version. You see, because you belong to him, you have the power of the life-giving spirit that frees you from sin. Isn't that an incredible thought? How many of us take a second to really every single day go, okay, how am I going in my sin world? Where am I struggling? What am I doing wrong? Not many of us, I'm sure. There are moments, of course. But in this scripture, we see that we are freed because we belong to Jesus and because we follow him, there is no condemnation. And because we belong to him, there is a supernatural power on the inside of us, a life-giving power that frees us from the bondage of sin. You know... I, I love that thought. I love that God rescued us and that he set us on a course that we can choose to follow. Romans 8 says that we have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges us to do. Romans 8, 12. For you, if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if the power, through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. And here we go, C3 Bill Conan, for in verse 14 of Romans 8, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. What a relief. What a relief that we are not bound to our sinful natures. We are not kind of cornered to live a life of fear and worry and angst and, and, and sin. But we are actually set free to live a life filled with the Spirit of God. What an incredible uh, relief for us. I remember so clearly being taught this for the very first time. After my salvation moment, I'd come into a great church 
church and, and a connect group leader, a small group leader had walked me through the idea that I was actually um, able to be set free from sinful nature stuff. I had struggled for so long and I was so excited because suddenly it wasn't about me and what I did or didn't do. It was about the spirit and the desire inside me to please God. It became about the spirit of God in me that I learned to listen and tap into and know kind of uses my my armor and my and my battle sword to actually fight the sinful nature. You see, I tried to be a good Christian for years. I tried to do all the right things, but I did feel like I was constantly battling. And you may be feeling that here today. Maybe there are things in your life that you know aren't right. Maybe young people, it's the Friday, Saturday night kind of kind of life that, that really messes you up when you come to church on a Sunday. Maybe it's it's in your family life and there's, there's anger and angst in your home and there is a sinful kind of side to all of that, perhaps today we can embrace the idea that we are no, under no obligation to, uh, to live by the sinful nature or the self-life, is what one other um, version of the Bible says, calls it the self-life. I love that. I love that we have the opportunity to walk this walk to learn as we go, and to understand that God gives us his spirit to do this life with. You see, as I discovered more about his Holy Spirit, I actually discovered that the voice of God is found in his Holy Spirit. Isn't that a cool thought? You know, often we try to find out what God is saying to us and and whatnot, and, and he does speak. But sometimes I think it's about us taking time to allow the Spirit of God to minister to us, to get to know his Holy Spirit, to become familiar with how he works. And as we do that, we get to then lean in and yield to his Spirit that guides us. And his voice is found in those places. His voice is found in those places. I remember so clearly I I worked in um, Canberra Hospital Trauma Centre for many years and and literally for 15 years I'd I'd done emergency nursing and I found myself uh, falling into a little bit of a habit where I would walk the corridors or the hallways of the hospital and pray. And, um, and what I found was I would literally kind of go from one patient to another and I'd even walk the long way um, just to get into the hallways. And what happened in those hallways was I actually had a moment to pray and hear the voice of God, hear the Spirit of God, feel Him work in my life. And I can't tell you the amount of times after wandering through a hallway, perhaps praying in tongues or even just praying for my patients, where God would show me things or kind of things would just happen that amazed me. A call would come in from the ambulance and I, I, I had so many of these where maybe it was a child on the other end and I could feel my heart rate as I answered that go up. I knew a kid was coming and that, that always is, a, a you know, like as calm as we look, we are a bit scared of that kind of thing where you just want to make sure you do the right thing and save this child. And so your heart rate would go up and I would literally walk from the, the, um, the 
radio into the resuscitation room and it's sort of about maybe 20 meters and I would walk into this room and as I walked, I would pray. I'd go into the room and I would get out almost right, almost from the very beginning, the right drugs, the right equipment, the right, and it was like God would just show me what to do. That's living filled with the Spirit. That's living understanding that it's more than just kind of God saving us, but no, He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. You know what the halls became, the corridors of that hospital became? They became a pause. They became a gap. And if there was any key that you could take from this message is that the Holy Spirit is found in the pause. Nick says this all the time and I love it. He's found in the pause. The hallways of the hospital weren't extra special. They were just a pause. They were a gap in my life that allowed me to seek his voice. And the things that he showed me in that space, it wasn't just like one thing after another, but it was even later on, I would go and check on a patient and find out I needed to check on them right then. God would lead me and guide me as I cared for my, my patients and the other staff around me. What was interesting is in those spaces, I felt peace. My heart rate would go up and then it would come down. The pause is the greatest tool that we have to feel and know the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is where we get filled up, understanding that we must remove all our barriers before the Holy Spirit can work. You see, I think what happens is sometimes we go, well, it's the Holy Spirit's fault. He hasn't talked to me this week. God's closed his mouth. Or perhaps we feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit's is on holiday or hiding behind the couch, right? But no, what we need to understand, it is not the Holy Spirit that is holding back. It is usually walls in our life, barriers in our life that prevent him from opening the door to talking to or us opening the door for him to come and minister to us. So where are the pauses? Where are the gaps? Where are the corridors in your life that you go to to seek the Holy Spirit? It's so important to understand that in the pause, the Holy Spirit will come and he will minister to us. You know, I find these days the pause is often in the car. It's often washing the dishes. It's often going for a walk. But I actively have to seek the pause. Otherwise, I miss it and life gets so busy and we go from one thing to another and we wonder why we're not feeling filled and our sinful nature or our self-life is kind of taking control and we're getting jealous and angry and upset and unforgiving when we haven't actually taken some time just to let the Holy Spirit, the spirit life, fill us. Romans 8 said this. Again, I want to read this one more time. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what the sinful nature or the self-nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. You will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Why don't you let that verse just settle in you right now? You see... This verse clearly makes it very, very clear 
that this is all about a choice. We were created with free will. We were created in the image of God, but we were created to understand that we had choice. And even today, we have a choice. Maybe your choice today is to put your trust in Jesus for the very first time, to, uh, to actually make a decision to follow God. You've been wondering about that. Maybe over the last couple of weeks, you've joined our service. Maybe you've even gone to one of our connect groups or perhaps even kind of just sort of popped up today. A friend's invited you. One of the greatest choices you'll ever make is to follow Jesus Christ, is to start the journey. You don't need to have all the answers, but you need to understand that it is your choice. God did not create robots. He did not want machines that just worshipped him and did nothing else. He wanted us to choose him. And so today, I want to ask you that question. Is this a choice you need to make to follow Jesus Christ? Or maybe you're part of our church. You've been following Jesus a long time. And you know that you need to make a decision to actively pursue being a steward of the blessings of God. To put aside the sinful nature. There are things in your life that need to be cut out, literally. And I see God even doing that now. Kind of just cutting it out with a clean knife. Sinful things or, or things that have held you back. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's that, that kind of need to be at the top of your game and climb the ladder and, and be successful. You know, God tells us that we have a choice. You are under no obligation, but you must find the pause. You must find the Holy Spirit and allow him to fill you. Galatians 5.16 says, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, as you yield freely and fully to the life of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon your cravings for self. You see, sin is just stuff that puts us first. It's, it's all the things in our life that separates us from God, that puts us at the center. And so the Bible is telling us we need to yield freely and fully to the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, as we grow together, as we mature in our faith, we actually see the cravings of sin and the, and the, the grasp of sin, the things that we do that aren't great, actually kind of drop off. And it says in verse 17 of Galatians 5, For your self-life, your sinful nature, craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and actually hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self from dominating you. Maybe you need to actually say to the Holy Spirit, I'm putting aside all the things that hinder you in my life the things that aren't great, the things that those, those, the, my thought life that just continually goes to the negative and is continually judgmental and continually in pain. Maybe it's, it's the Saturday night drinks that, that you need to actually let go of. Maybe it's the, the relationship that you need to say goodbye to. You know it's not the Holy Spirit's best for you. Because the more you feed that Holy Spirit life, the more you open up to his work in your life, the less grasp these things will have in your world. Isn't that incredible? It says, then the two incompatible 
conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. Wouldn't it be amazing if we yielded to the Spirit life and knew that that is where we belong, that, that grows with our maturity? You know, the ESV version says this, that we walk with the Spirit. I love that. Because over the years, I've made that a priority. From that moment when I realized that I wasn't walking this alone, I wasn't just trying to be a nice or good or nice person or a bad or not so great, you know, kind of no measure up kind of person. No, I had that moment of understanding that it was so much more than that that the Spirit of God was on the inside of me and He was going to help me. He was going to come alongside me. And the last thing I would want is us to start kind of listing all the things we know isn't great in our world. But I do want to challenge us to to listen right now, even, even as I preach, to the Holy Spirit that will guide you and comfort you and convict you of things that maybe need to be cut out. The other side of that, is to then lean in, to yield to his spirit, to listen to his spirit. And let me tell you from experience, as you begin to do that, you get better and better at it. You begin to hear his voice in the moments. You begin to kind of feel the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Someone put it once a long time ago. It's like he, he doesn't just kind of talk. He'll go, yeah, 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 go that way. No, 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 go that way. Yeah, 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 you're doing good. That kind of feeling and understanding that he is there for you and every single step we take he is guiding you my encouragement to us all today is to take a second maybe maybe in your lounge room maybe maybe it's later on when the kids are in bed and it's a bit quiet but to pause and to yield and to give over again because I know in my own life as I do that I feel myself mature and grow in God. And our desire should always be to grow in this life, not to just be saved for heaven, but to be saved to work, walk in freedom on this earth as well. Not a cushy, lovely, pretty life, but a life that is all about growth. It is all about passion for the lost. It is all about empowerment. And I don't know about you, but when I think about the life that the Holy Spirit wants me to lead the life that he wants me to yield to I get so excited I'm 43 years old and by the time I'm 50 I want to know that the things I'm battling with today the things I feel God working on in my spirit today are by the time I hit 50 a whole new different thing that's changed in my life that's grown in my life maybe I'll have become a much more patient person maybe I won't have that unforgiveness little streak that I have to kind of occasionally uh, crack down on I want the Holy Spirit to fill me and help me learn to walk in freedom because that church is what he promises us in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you as I finish. Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that right now you are moving in our church. Father, I thank you first and foremost for the gift of your salvation. Father, there is nothing that can separate us from your love. There is no condemnation, Father God. And Lord, I thank you that you saved us. And right now, Father, I just take us back to that moment May we all just remember 
that moment when we gave our hearts to you, the sense of relief, the sense of peace, the sense of joy. Father, there is nothing on this earth like it. But Father, as I pray for our church, as they remember that moment, I pray that we know, that we yield, that we decide and choose to look for the pause, to seek your Holy Spirit, to see him in everything that we do. I pray, Father, that we will grow, that we will mature, that we will come out of this season stronger and more um, God-glorifying than ever. Father, I thank you for each and every member of our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, just visit www.cpbelconnor.org.au.